Welcome to the Sounder Podcast brought to you by True Ballistics. I'm your host, Charlie Lobner, and I'm coming at you live from Lookout Studios to keep you informed and up to date on the Hog Hunt Tournament Trail, where hunters from across the country can compete to win prizes each month just for going out and doing what they already love to do. If you are a hog hunter interested in joining a tournament or would like to sign up to help support our cause, you can do so at www.trueballisticsllc.com forward slash tournaments. Prizes will be given out to our winners at the end of every month for most hogs eradicated and submitted, as well as a chance to win sweepstakes prizes for all contestants signed up. Join me as we dive deep into the controversial issues surrounding wild hogs and the first-hand hunting experiences from contestants. If you have any questions about the tournament and its rules, or would like to share any hog hunting-related stories, feel free to email me at charlie at thesounderpodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in, and hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Sounder Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the war on hogs. I can't believe it, but we are coming into the final week of October's hunting tournament, and uh, we got some pigs out there. We don't have the numbers that we did last month, uh, thanks to Punisher Hunting for really putting up some big numbers, winning first place last month. But we do have a tight race, and I'm very excited about It's going to come down to this final week of hunting. Um just this morning, I got two more approved for BCBH, which jumps him up to let me check. He is now in third place. He was sitting, he was tied for, I think, fourth. Uh, now he's sitting in at third with, with five hogs for the month. Our second place right now, sitting in at six hogs for the month, the Squill Team 6. You've heard his name a lot, too. And then our uh, our new hunter sitting in at, for, sitting in with 11 hogs for the month in first place, one and done. Um, and then we also have a fourth and fifth place with uh, Dragon Creek Killer in fourth, sitting with four hogs, and Boar Patrol in fifth with three. So it's a very close race. I'm very curious to see how this is all going to pan out with a month, with a week left in the month. Um, like I said, it's not the numbers that I was expecting in October. Um, really thought we'd see, being that it's still. It's still not rifle season down here in Texas, and that's where these hunters are from. You're open to hunt any state. If you're listening to this and you have land in Alabama or Florida or something like that, you got a hog problem, you know, feel free to join the tournament. It's it will we'll be happy to have you join us and, and put up some numbers. I want to see uh, what you can do in other states, other counties. Uh, that's really what we're trying to do is just collect data on where these hogs are being killed, uh, how many hogs are, are really out there because – when it all comes down to it, we really don't know. There's a lot of assumptions, uh, a lot of lot of numbers being thrown out. But at the end of the day, if you start doing any kind of research, it's numbers from like anywhere between like one and a half million up to you know six million in the United States. So that's a, that's a pretty big gap. We don't know exactly what's out there, but we do know that it's get that number is getting bigger every day because um, they are repopulating faster than we could hunt them. So, um. Like I said, the, the the month is producing, though. We are seeing numbers, just not what we did last month. And with deer season coming up, we talked about there's a good chance that we do see the numbers fall off. Now, we are in archery season here in Texas, um, but rifle season doesn't start now for another couple weeks. Then I, I do expect November numbers to fall off. I might be wrong. I'm just making assumptions here. But October's definitely been a lot slower than I was expecting. But we did have that big rain that put a lot of water out in the fields. 
I know I know more than a couple guys in the tournament that 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 really kind of halted them from being able to go out. Uh, just because a lot of the land they're hunting is, is permission lands, not land they own. And the last thing they want to do is go out with a Jeep or, or a buggy or something like that and rut up any, any good farmland because that's a good way to get kicked off a property and never invited back out again. But, so we had that, which I'm not going to complain. We needed the rain like nobody's business. We, I was getting cracks in the ground. It's hard to believe we had such a wet summer. We had, we had a lot of rain. Everything was really green, uh, even throughout you know, July going into August, we were doing really well. And then it dried up in, in the blink of an eye and it got dry really quick. And we were starting to see, like you said, major cracks in the ground. We didn't have any rain or no rain in sight. Every time that any rain came close to us, it looked like we were going to get something. We ended up getting, you know, shafted and just unlucky. We weren't getting any rain that we were hoping for, uh, North and South would get it. We wouldn't. That's the way it goes sometimes. But we did get blessed with a good three-inch rain. I know our neighbors around us, I think, you know, within a few miles, it got up to like four and a half in some places. So I'm um, not going to complain. That's going to that's gonna do us really well going into deer season. But it did put a halt on a lot of our hog hunters for a while. We did have some flash flooding. And... uh I don't know, it's just been an interesting month, and I, I'm I'm very curious to see how it pans out. But I want to I want to touch on something, and I'm going to kind of, you know, go off the deep end here and, and bear with me. But went to the I do most of the grocery shopping in the family. I I don't work too far from the grocery store; just convenient for me to get off, go over there, pick it up, head home. Well, I've noticed in the past year. Like the major inflation, and, and I, I think a lot of people are noticing it. Um, but what I'm also noticing too, and if you've been paying attention to the news or anything like that, you're starting to see that um, there's there's things that you go to find in the store that you would buy that been there your whole life. Every time you go to the grocery store, there's always some something you need on the shelf. And here lately, um, certain things on on the grocery list looking around for them you can't find and on top of that when you do find them I mean say I I have a family of four I have two children dogs and everything else in the house so um we try to knock out all our grocery shopping at one time for like two weeks we try to just knock it out fill the freezer fill the fridge don't worry about it we may have to get some milk and stuff in between but for the most part we try to go and buy everything at once Save us the trips. So say I go out, you know, what used to be a, like a $200 grocery bill. Uh, here lately, I mean, buying the same things is closer to a $300 bill. I mean, it's the same. I'm buying the same brand, the, the, the same amount. We haven't, you know, really increased any of our uh, consumption, I don't think. I mean, I have, but it's, you know, that's a big increase, and, and it's something that I've seen, and it's something I've talked with other people about, and they're they're noticing it too. Um, it, it there is inflation. If you compare prices to anything a few months ago to now, uh, especially if you want to go back a year ago to now, uh, the prices have gone up tremendously. And what I'm getting at with that is, um, it's gonna be I think a good time to be a hunter. 
feel to be able to, you know, go out on a piece of property and whether it's your own or it's a friend's or, you know, a, a farmer or a rancher that you have permission to go hunt or it's a lease that you have, whatever it may be, but to be able to have access to property to go hunt and to be able to bag your own meat, claim your own meat without going to the store and, and paying for it, I think is going to be huge. And it's going to save you a lot of money and it's going to take away a lot of headache from you. And, <coughs> excuse me, What's interesting about that is, you know, not, not long ago, you know, we've had, a, we've had a, couple, a couple of instances here in the past, recent past, where, so we had the pandemic hit. And I know that y'all all, you know, in some way, shape, or form were affected by, like, that, the big, um, the shutdown, where... It, Toilet paper was hard to find. There was there were people panic buying. They were going to the store and they were, you know, buying stuff and they were stocking their freezers with meat. I went to the store uh, multiple times. They were just like empty shelves. And I live in a pretty small rural town. And even so, it kind of you know it wasn't as bad as the cities, some of the major cities. But it you know, it was an eye opener. Um, it was enough for me to sit down with my wife and basically, you know, have the conversation of, listen, we live in a world where people are becoming completely helpless and we live on, on a nice parcel of land. We're fortunate enough for that. We need to take advantage of it. We need to be smart. So, you know, we need to work on gardening. We need to work on raising our own food. We need to be self as, as self-sufficient as possible in today's world because, People are to the point now where they're almost, they get so ugly about things and, and they get, they immediately become selfish and almost to the point where they, they're almost violent. We're not there yet, but I think uh, we're not far off where people are going to end up getting violent in grocery stores or, or, you know, if we go into another like major, uh, like a natural disaster, like a hurricane or something like that, or or you go into a, like a major depression. You know, people in my, I'm a 90s baby. I, I was born in 93. And my generation and the generations after have had it really good. We don't have an issue. Like we've never really had to struggle. Most of us. I'm not saying that, that there aren't people out there that haven't struggled. But most of us haven't had it all that bad. I come from a working class household where my family worked and my father and my mother did everything possible to give us what we what we needed not necessarily what we wanted but I've never went without always had food on the table I always had you know AC in my house and and a heater when I needed it and uh just always had a warm bed roof over my head always had clothes and shoes on my feet my my parents always had a reliable vehicle to get us around town in you know and most of my friends just about everybody I know had the same luxuries. You know, there was, we grew up kind of, you know, yeah, we hunted for meat, but we were, I was growing up in that transitional period, I think, of, of where hunting was really starting to become hunting for sport more than it was meat. When, like, my grandparents were growing up, um, coming out of the Depression, they, they, that's the way they, that, that lifestyle never changed. Even to this day, um, you, you hardly see the older generation be, being very uh, wasteful. 
Um, they don't waste food. They don't waste hardly anything. And they appreciate a lot of things because they still remember a time where food was scarce. And a lot of times, and this is <laughs> why I have so much respect for the 22 Magnum. You know, I, I the 22 Magnum fed a lot of families. You know, we didn't have the hog population like we do now, but a long time ago, you know, there wasn't as, yes, there was a deer season, but there were a lot of families out there putting deer meat on their table pretty much year round um, when they needed it because it wasn't necessarily hunting for sport. Nobody was going out there and like poaching big bucks. Not to say, it, I wouldn't say there was nobody out there. There was probably some people doing it, but for the most part, people were hunting to put food on their table. I could see us going into some hard times and needing to do that again. And to me, that's where I draw the line. You know, that's where there's the the gray area in poaching for me. Uh, I think when it comes to feeding your family, you have to do what you have to do to survive. Now, does that mean that, oh, I need to feed my family. I'm going to go cut a hole in a high fence and go hunt a trophy buck. No, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the law is the law. You shouldn't be doing any of it. But I can understand where somebody's coming from if they want to bend the rules a little bit just to feed somebody. But that's what I'm getting at is that's where wild hogs, to me, uh, are useful. You know, we tend to look at a lot of, of why they are um, they're so bad. They're an invasive species. Um, they don't do any good technically for, for this, for the land. Um, you can go on and on and on about everything bad about a wild hog. But at the end of the day, if you need to eat, there is a plentiful f- source of food walking around on four legs out in the woods right now. Um, Heck, if I go outside the shop right now and, and, and scream, there's probably some, <clears throat> you know, there's a creek um, and, a, and an old pond out back, heavy wooded area. They're probably right there. They'll probably hear me. You know, we, we do live in a world where there are lots of, of hogs out there. And, and here in the great state of Texas, you don't even have to have a hunting license to hunt them. You can hunt them all year round. You can hunt them any way you want. So... I'm just curious, and getting at that, you know, I really thought that there would have been a a, a great awakening in a way, um, because you know, like I said, you had a couple occurrences happen. You had the pandemic; people panic bought, people got scared. They were looking at just buying everything they could and staying in their house for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. Who knows? And then you had. You had an ice storm down here where the temperature didn't get above freezing for a few days. And that caused a lot of problems. It shut businesses down. It, it shut roads down, which means there was no transport. So there there was no fuel being being moved to gas station. There was no groceries being moved to grocery stores. And I, I went to the local HEB over here, and it was just, it was weird to me because there was hardly anything to buy, hardly anything you wanted to buy at least. And it doesn't take much to really shut us down. I mean, if you think about it. And I think now's a good time to, if you don't have a gun, if you've never 
if you've never been a hunter, maybe you've always been a little curious. I think now's a good time to really get serious about it and, and maybe maybe get you a, a, a rifle to start off with. Start off small. Maybe get you a like a bolt action 223. Very, very useful for down here in the south. You can kill anything you want. You really need to with a 223. Um probably the best overall gun though, if you're wanting to get into it just right off the bat, something that you can you can buy multiple barrels for, you can have multiple uses for it. Just go out and buy you uh, a pump action shotgun. You can get rifled barrels for it. You could deer hunt with it with a slug. Or you could just run smooth bore and you can use buckshot. Um, you can have bird shot and hunt birds with it. You can do, you can hunt r- rabbits and, and squirrels. You can do everything with a shotgun. You, like I said, it'd be a great pig gun too. Pigs are a pretty meany, beefy animal. You start getting, you know, uh, a mature sow, a mature boar, and you can look at an animal that's over 200 pounds easy. You get a 200 pound plus boar, they start building a pretty good shield on that shoulder. And if that's where you're aiming, you need to have something that's going to penetrate them, at least have the energy to knock them down and get a second shot off. 12 gauge, 20 gauge, perfect. Heck, you could probably even run a 410, buckshot 410, or, or I don't know how hard they'd be, be able to find, but if you find a slug full 410, that'd be a great little round. But. We're coming, it just got me thinking. I I was dropping my kid off at at her daycare this morning. I I have some time to kind of just think on my my own in the, just be quiet. And I was trying to think about what I really wanted to talk about today. And, you know, it just kind of came down to, you know, how do we deal with the hog problem? Are we ever going to get on top of it? Are we ever going to eliminate enough numbers to bring them to a manageable population? And I don't have that answer. And that's what it really came down to is I I don't know. I don't know what we can really do besides hunting them. There's other options. You know, people are trying to come up with a special way to poison them, uh, making all kinds of things that won't, that they can't digest. that Other animals supposedly can um, and stuff in that area. But even then, I, I just, I just don't see that being the answer. I don't see that working. I may be wrong. But what if we did go into like a full-fledged lockdown? What if what if we woke up one morning and nothing got shipped to the United States? What if we didn't get any groceries? What if we didn't get any fuel? What if we had to be self-sufficient? Would that bring people to the point of going out and hitting the woods and hunting? Would maybe that knock down the, the hog numbers if we had that many more people out there hunting them? Maybe. I don't know. Do I want to see it come to that point? No. Heck no. We got it good. I think we take advantage of that. I think we forget about how good we have it. Like I said, our our grandparents, most of them, some point if not them our great-grandparents they saw struggle if they didn't live it they at least saw it they had friends that they were close to they had family they had people that they knew that were struggling we don't have that near as much anymore at least not it's not as prevalent there's a lot of a lot of things to help people out these days and and food you know you you can go right now and go buy a hamburger for a dollar at mcdonald's if you're really hungry it's not the most nutritional thing, but you can eat. 
back then they didn't have stuff like that. You stood in line for a bowl of soup if you were lucky. But we, I don't know. I, I think about it a lot. Think about situations like that. And I think we need to. I think it's healthy to think that way. It's healthy to kind of build up that backup plan. Come up with something. Do I want to live off wild hog the rest of my life? No. No, I, I think I would get burned out pretty quick. Do I like to eat wild hog? Yeah. If you have not tried it, I, I highly suggest giving it a shot. You know, there's a lot of people saying, oh, you shouldn't be eating that, blah, blah, blah. But trust me, what you're buying at the store and the way it's commercially processed, and the way they run these animals through a chute, they pin them all up together and they basically defecate and urinate on each other. And then... um they come from all walks of life, all different farms, and then eh, they basically, I mean, that's the thing. You, I, you go out and buy, you know, ground meat, or you go out and buy, a, I mean, you go out and buy a package of chicken legs. How many chickens are in that package? Do they all come from the same farm? You don't know that. You, I mean, you don't even know what farm it came from, especially if you go out and something like Tyson Chicken. You know, if you if you, you you do any investigation on on any of those big companies in the, you probably won't ever buy that stuff again. Eating eating wild meat, you know, is it organic? Mm, I don't know. I want to call it that. I I would definitely say it's cleaner though. I'd say the way it comes down to the way you process it. I think it's natural. I think it's the most natural meat you can eat. You know, there's, there's for the most part, unless you're pumping your deer full of protein feed and stuff, you know, just, just natural grazers. And we see this a lot now. It's a big thing like in beef, you know, grass fed beef, you know, that's like the big thing. And it's the same thing with, I mean, with deer and hogs are the same way. They're just out and they're, they're, they're in the wild and they're not getting fed, you know, farm slop. They're not getting you know, how do I put it? There's not being pumped full of hormones and, and everything like you see in, in dairy cattle and everything else. It's it's pretty close to about the most natural thing you can do is hunt your own food, raise your own food, process your own your own meat and, and eat it, provide it to your family. If we get in the habit of doing that, you're going to save money in the long run. Yeah, you might have to make the overall initial investment of having to buy the equipment to do it. Um, you may have to build fences and pens. Um, and yeah, you do need to still feed your animals if you're raising them. But if you're going out hunting, you know, if you've never done it before, maybe you have to go out and buy a gun. Maybe you have to go buy an optic. Maybe you do buy a feeder to put corn in just so you can bring them in. If you can do that in the state that you're hunting in. Maybe you buy a trap. Then you have to, you're going to spend money on something, you know, but if you were to sit down and pull out every receipt that you have, all the money you spent at the grocery store in the past year, I guarantee you, you spent thousands of dollars this year at the grocery store. If you have a family, especially, it's easy, it's convenient. You walk by, do I need that extra, you know, box of cereal? Do I need that that you know extra package of chicken or that steak looks really good? Eh, it's on sale. It's, you know, 15% off. I'll buy it. Well, I mean, you saved 15%, but you actually 
realistically spend an extra $15 that you probably shouldn't have. I think you, you would enjoy it. If you haven't done it, I think you'd enjoy it. I think you, you would really enjoy wild hog meat. Um, if you don't want to do the hunting thing, if that's not for you, but you do want to try meat, everybody knows a hog hunter. They're, they're pretty much everywhere with things like social media, Facebook, Instagram. If you don't know anybody that you don't know anybody that hunts, you don't know anybody that knows somebody that hunts and you're looking to kind of jump into it. There's all kinds of, of different hunting pages and stuff. Just type in wild, wild hog hunting or something like that on Facebook and it'll bring up a bunch of different pages that you can follow, get you in touch with some people, probably find somebody that's relatively local that can help you out. Not saying that they're going to go out and kill a hog free for free or clean it for you or anything like that, but that's an agreement that you can come and and a deal that y'all can work out. You know, if you do have any curiosity about getting into hunting and you haven't done it yet, I think hog hunting is the best way to, to get your feet wet. Um, as far as like the whole, you know, camo up, get into the, the element and just, you know, be a quiet hunter. You know, you can, bird hunting is really fun too, but bird hunting is a whole different type of hunting because you could sit on the back of your truck, you know, jam music, drink beer and shoot whatever flies over your head. That's a, that's a fun type of hunting, but a totally different type of hunting. Hog hunting is great because, if, you know, like for instance, so, Buying like I buy the super combo hunting license. I think it's like sixty-eight bucks here in the state of Texas. That comes with my my fishing license, my freshwater, salt water, all my tags, and everything I need to basically do the hunting that I do. Um, if you don't want to spend that sixty-eight bucks, if money's a little tight, you can hunt hogs. You don't need the license. You're saving sixty-eight bucks right there. That's two, three boxes of ammo. If you really want to get into it of you know it's probably depending on what kind of we'll say for instance 308 you want to buy some cheap 308 ammo just like some Remington Corlocks that's a couple boxes maybe maybe three if you find the right deal but it used to be three boxes um now it's probably closer to about two but you know so that's going to get you sighted in and you really only need one shot for animal if you practice um you should only need theoretically one shot per animal. So, but that's a lot of that's a lot of meat in the freezer. Keep your ammo dry. Put it, you know, keep it stored away safely. Don't let it get, you know, don't let the moisture get to it. And that ammo is going to last you a long time. Should put a lot of animals on your table, and it, you know, hopefully in your belly. Anyway, you, if you if you really sit down and you compare what you're spending at the grocery store compared to like if you were to go out and buy a gun, buy an optic, get started hunting. And the amount of meat that you can put in your freezer by doing that, you're coming out on top. Now, if you go out and start buying all the stuff that you don't need, like high-dollar camo, all the other gizmos and gadgets that are just luxuries to hunting, then you could spend money and it won't come out to being worth it. But there's a great way to get into it, affordable, cheap, and um, you could be successful. All the other stuff is just kind of like just marketing. Don't let, don't let all this other stuff really fool you. You don't need it. Guys were hunting a long time ago and nothing but old flannel shirts sitting up in a tree with a open sight 30 odd six or 30, 30. You don't need fancy gear. Does it make it easier? Yeah, it does, but you don't need it. 
But that's going to do me on time, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Sonder Podcast. I hope I didn't go, like, too far off on you. I know it's a little different show. Um, I just had a lot of time to think to myself this morning. I got to get on the road. We got to go drop off a big order of 223. We're doing everything we can at True Ballistics to get as much ammo out the door as possible for all y'all out there. I know that it's it's getting better. You know, I've talked to a lot of people in the industry. Ammo is becoming a little bit more available, and that's a good thing, especially with deer season just a couple weeks away. I hope everybody is as excited as I am. Hope everybody is careful. Hope everybody's safe. And uh, best of luck to all y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Sounder Podcast. Y'all have a good one. I'll talk to you later.